Hey friends, my new book, Negotiation Made Simple, comes out October 31st. If you pre-order the book, I want you to have four special bonuses. The first is the negotiation preparation checklist. The second is access to an interview with Ryan Hawk, the host of the Learning Leader podcast. Third is a group coaching experience where I will be taking questions and helping people deal with their actual negotiations. And fourth is a live webinar where I will teach people how to use the negotiation preparation tool. All of these things are worth like 10 times the cost of the book. Don't miss this deal. All you have to do is to go purchase the book wherever you buy books and then go to lowrygroup.net forward slash book. And there you can give us information about your order and we will get these bonuses to you. Be sure to go out and pre-order Negotiation Made Simple. Welcome to Negotiation Made Simple, where we help you master the art of negotiation and win the next deal. I'm your host, John Lowry. On this episode, we are going to think about empathy and negotiation. Empathy is something that is very popular right now, thinking about in the context of business. And I want to lead you through a conversation about how it is that we can utilize empathy to generate better negotiation outcomes. We also have a question that I'm going to answer from a listener where I think empathy is the answer. And there's a process in which using empathy can help make all the difference in the world in terms of putting deals together and more particularly resolving conflict and working through challenges. Let's jump into this conversation about empathy and negotiation. Now, empathy and negotiation aren't two concepts that typically get associated with each other. But empathy is becoming something that is more and more important in business. For example, the World Economic Forum in 2021 put out a report that said why empathy is a must-have business strategy. In the world that we live in today, in the way that people interact with each other, businesses and leaders are learning that empathy is a critically important skill. Now, what is empathy? Empathy is the ability to understand, appreciate, and respond to the feelings of another. And if you think about negotiation, we've talked so much about how negotiation is a process between people, and we can't divorce the people elements from the negotiation process. They're just a part of it, which means that empathy, as we're leading people to a deal, becomes a critically important negotiation skill as well. And that's what I want to spend some time thinking with you today about. So let's think about empathy for just a second. Now, there are two types of empathy. There's effective empathy. This is comprehending somebody's feelings or emotions and having the ability to respond to them. But then there's also cognitive empathy, which is also comprehending someone's feelings and emotions and understanding them to the point that you can then get creative in terms of how to deal with them. And so as we think about dealing with people, it's embracing the human element as opposed to putting it aside. So that famous saying, well, this is just business. 
Well, that really doesn't apply anymore because business now involves all of the messy stuff that people bring to the table. And there's a bunch of other research out there as well that says that we should pay attention to this because frankly, it's how deals get done. So for example, there were some Harvard researchers years and years ago that looked at the best salespeople in the world. And they said, what is it about the best salespeople in the world? And here's what they found. They found that the best salespeople in the world, as identified by their companies and then studied by the Harvard researchers, what they found was that they possessed two traits that were different and perhaps stronger than other people who didn't make the list. And those two traits were ego and empathy. Now, ego turned into ambition, and that's why they were able to be more successful. But then there's empathy. They had the skill set. They had the perspective of knowing that understanding, appreciating, and finding creative ways to respond to how the other people were feeling, to their emotions, to their perspectives, that that was critical in terms of doing business. And as a result of that, they were able to generate significant success. There was another study that looked at business teams and executive teams that were making big decisions for the business. They were looking at commercial transactions about whether to do the deal or not do the deal. And so what these researchers did was they followed these teams through the entire decision-making process. And then once the team made the decision, the researchers from Harvard jumped in and said, okay, help us understand why did you make the decision that you made? And then the teams began to explain what was going on inside of their head and inside of their hearts about why they decided to do the deal or to pull out of the deal. And what these researchers found was that about 30% of those decisions were made based upon some form of reason, logic, or analysis. And so it begs the question, doesn't it? Well, what were the other 70% of those decisions based on? And the other 70% of the decisions were based on emotion. It was an emotional trigger that caused these teams to want to do the deal or not do the deal. And so they dug even further to try to figure out what is the emotional trigger here? And what they learned was that the emotional trigger, it actually tied back to ego. It was how did the people feel about themselves in terms of either doing the deal or not doing the deal. That became the number one driver of whether that business transaction happened or not. So do you see it with me? You see how we can't separate emotion from even very quantitative commercial business decisions. The reality is we're people and we're going to act like people. And so the more that we as negotiators embrace that, the more that we understand it, and the more that we develop the skills to use it to our advantage, the better off we are going to be. And so empathy and negotiation, I think, are tied very, very closely together. And with the rise of empathy as a recognized business skill, I think you'll see more and more written about this. But right now, there's not much out there and so you'll be ahead of the game in terms of understanding how to be an empathetic negotiator. 
So let me give you four ideas on how to do this. The first is observe. It's really important to observe, not just what people are saying, but how people are feeling. And so that comes through body language. That comes through levels of communication. It comes through a wide variety of things. As I work with my team, one of the things I constantly observe is just the level of communication. If I don't hear from someone for a while, then I try to be intentional about checking in just to see what's going on. Because oftentimes, a drop in communication signals that there's something going on and it's uncomfortable and people may not want to talk about it, but it still needs to be done. As we think about observation in the context of negotiation, it's really important to look at how people are behaving, uh, to understand a bit in terms of where they're coming from. And to do that, it requires real leadership. You will have to take the initiative in terms of truly understanding what's driving people. And the way that it can happen is through some very open-ended questions, but creating an environment where people are comfortable and willing to share. That's not something that's just going to happen naturally as you're taking a position, they're taking a position, you're compromising, they're compromising. That process of negotiation won't lead to much empathy. And so here's a moment where you have to take control of the process and step back and say, help me understand. Give me a perspective on. Help me see how you're feeling about this. Some of these kind of counselor-like, open-ended questions, these can be exceptionally useful in terms of being able to observe. The other thing is just connecting dots. Uh, I remember a, a particular case that I was working on trying to negotiate the settlement of, and I remember just stepping back and just using a whiteboard to kind of outline kind of people's positions and things like that. And I remember a moment where it wasn't until I did that that I connected the dots. And I realized that something that someone had said in a deposition, while it didn't intentionally try to do it, it actually pointed the finger at the plaintiff. And as a result of that, the plaintiff was exceptionally angry, exceptionally defensive, and as a result, they were super aggressive in terms of trying to get this case settled. Now, notice it was an emotional trigger. Uh, it wasn't a business decision they were making in terms of how much they needed to settle the case. They were mad because they had been offended by something that was said way, way over here. Now, until we dealt with that offense, until we helped them understand that this expert over here wasn't trying to point the finger that was just a, a reality in terms of the medicine, then it became much easier to finally get the case resolved. And so there are times where you've got to connect the dots and you've got to help see, are there triggers that are causing people to feel a certain way? And are there things that you can do to alleviate those triggers so that you can get people to a place to where they can move forward in the negotiation? The next thing after observation is to understand. Now, understanding requires some communication because just because you see it doesn't mean that you will always understand it. And so seeing the objection or seeing the reluctance or seeing the emotion that may come out in a particular moment, again, observing that it exists is not the same as understanding it. And so here again is where some conversation has to happen. 
to where you recognize whatever it is that you have observed, and then you very carefully ask about it. And again, it's these open-ended questions that I think are your best tool to, I, I, I see you, that you're emotional. Give me a sense of what that's about. Uh, or I, I see that you're reluctant to kind of take this step. Help me understand a little bit of what's holding you back. Those kinds of conversations can be exceptionally useful because what those conversations will lead to is the person on the other side will literally give you the roadmap on how to get the deal. Uh, they won't know it, but they will if you're listening well. And then you can find creative ways to respond because that's the trigger. That's what it's all about. And that's where you want to get. Now, it's really important in this day and age, and it's just critically important in terms of the human-to-human -human element, that as you hear those things, even though you may not agree with them all, even though they may be ridiculous, the reality is emotion isn't logical, and people aren't logical. And there's lots of examples for that, to where people make illogical decisions every single day, even in the context of business. And it's because things like relationships and values and egos and fears, these are the things that drive people to take the positions that they do in business. They're not logical. And so it's critically important that even though they're not logical, we recognize that they are real. Because for the people that hold them, they're very real. They're so real that that's what's driving their decision-making. And so instead of arguing with them, instead of dismissing those things, it's really important that we respect them and that we honor them, even if we don't necessarily agree with them or we don't think there's a proper foundation for them. We've got to respect them. Now, once we observe, understand, and respect, now we'll get people to a place to where they're able to work constructively with us. Because if we're successful in those three areas, hopefully we will not have people defensive and not have people that are digging into their position that they've created to protect those emotions, to protect the fears, whatever it is. And so now we'll be at a place, and this is the fourth step, we'll be in a place to start thinking about solutions. We'll be at a place to start solving problems. Now, notice we do that in a way to where we work with the other side. So we're going to put a graphic up that I think illustrates this for those of you that are watching this, that shows instead of having two parties sitting on opposite sides of the table, working against each other to try to persuade and influence a compromise of positions, instead what this looks like is actually putting the problem or putting the deal on the other side of the table and then having the two people that are pursuing it, having them not sit right next to each other, but sit on the same side of the table, looking at the problem and thinking together how to resolve it. If you wanna do this physically and in real life, here's the way to do it. Instead of sitting on op opposite sides of a conference table, Go into a conference room with a whiteboard and sit on the same side of the table and together look at the whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, lay it out in terms of everything that is going on. That's where the observation and the understanding happens. 
By doing that process, you will demonstrate respect for what is driving people, for the things that you need to be empathetic about. And then what that will do is it will give you a sense of what it is that you need to solve for. And so that's another thing about empathetic negotiation that's a little bit of a twist. When we talk about negotiation, we talk about our win. But the way that I think empathy and negotiation work is that if you are able to create a win for the other side, that oftentimes is the best path to creating the win for you. And so as I'm trying to settle a case, I've got to create a win for the plaintiff. Uh, The plaintiff has suffered a loss. The plaintiff is going through a lot emotionally. And so I've got to create a win for the plaintiff. Now, I don't want to create too big a win that it becomes really costly for my client. But at the same time, there has to be a win. It may be a perceived win. It may be a real win. But there's got to be some sense of victory in order for the other side to sign off and say, let's settle this case. Let's be done. Now, I can do that in such a way that that win is also a very big win for me. And that's, I think, the key to business is if you can create a win for the other side to where they'll make money, to where they'll advance their mission, to where they'll be able to take their next step forward, but do so also in a way that allows you to do that, that success, that's the power of thinking empathetically in negotiation. And so what happens is if we're really good at empathy, we will create a lot of options in how we solve the problem. Whereas notice when we're talking about just compromising positions, oftentimes we don't have a lot of options. Uh, There's not a huge zone of agreement. It's difficult to achieve. But once we think empathetically and understand what's really going on with people, the options become much more numerous and it becomes easier for us to get those kinds of deals done. So we're going to continue in this series thinking about empathy and negotiation. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks because there's so much more to unpack here that I think is really, really important for your success. This is just the start. And the way that I like to describe this model that I just gave you is lead with need. Not only your need, but with the other person's need as well. It was actually a lawyer by the name of Drew Graham in New York City that I first heard say this. And in hearing it, it just clicked in my mind. What a way to describe, observe, understand, respect, and solve. It's the lead with need approach to negotiation that invites empathy into this process that can make a huge difference and lead to a lot of success. One of the things we want to do on the Negotiation Made Simple podcast is to take questions. We want to make this interactive. I'm excited about responding to the challenges that you're having as a negotiator out there. And so we've got a question in that I think applies to empathetic negotiation, and it's from Alex. Alex writes, hi, I'm Alex, a department manager. I've been having some difficulties with one of my employees, Jamie. Jamie has been with the company for about two years and was initially one of our best performers. However, Over the past six months, his productivity has declined, and he's become increasingly disengaged during team meetings. I've noticed he frequently arrives late, and he's missed a few key deadlines recently. Additionally, some colleagues have mentioned that Jamie has been making negative comments about the company 
and his role. I've tried to have a few informal chats with him to understand if there are any issues, but haven't made any headway. I really want to help Jamie and address the situation constructively. What can I do? So this is a great question. This is one that managers have to deal with on almost a weekly basis in terms of thinking about employees and how to get the most out of their employees and how to keep them engaged. And there are moments where some employees just get upset about things. And as a result, this is the kind of behavior that you see. They don't really know how to address it. And so they simply disengage. So the whole quiet quitting phenomenon, this is the prelude to it, uh, to where people don't know how to deal with the conflict or don't know how to deal with the challenge, whatever it is that's affecting their satisfaction in their role. And as a result, you just start to see this shows up late, uh, not really involved, becomes kind of negative. You get people like Jamie out there. And yet many times these are great producers. These are folks that are doing an outstanding job. And so as a manager, you want to address this as quickly as possible because you want to get them to a place to where they're good and they're back engaged, and they're back producing at the level that they can. And most importantly, you want to get them to a place to where they're positive. Now, how do we do that? Well, I think what we just talked about in terms of empathetic negotiation is really, really important. Okay, first, you've already observed the behavior change. And so in this case, Alex has already seen Jamie changing his behavior. And she knows that there is a challenge that exists. And she, as the manager, has to figure out how to deal with it. And so in order to understand it, Alex is going to have to take initiative in terms of creating the environment for Jamie to share what's going on. And so that's going to require a time for them to get together for some open-ended question asking and then for some listening. Now, this is the part from a managerial standpoint that can be hard because, at least in my experience, I've had employees who have become upset over things that frankly really aren't fair, that really they're kind of living in a a different world in terms of their perspective. Um, And they see things and they don't understand them and they draw conclusions that aren't accurate or they're making observations based upon information that isn't correct. That's the importance of the understand process is you not only want to understand where they're coming from and how they're forming these thoughts, but you also, this is an opportunity to, in a very gentle and a very safe way, give them a sense of understanding as well. Now, in doing that, you have to be careful because the third step is respect. And so it's really important to respect and to honor how someone's feeling, even if you disagree with it. But Things that are empathetic in terms of saying, I understand how you could feel that way, or I see how you could put that together, or those kinds of statements to where you honor the feeling as opposed to dismiss it. Uh, That is critical in terms of seeing the benefits and the results of empathy. Now, once you get there, then you're at a place to where even though you've honored it, but still not agreed with it, Now we're at a place to where we can start thinking about how to solve the problems that exist with the employee 
so that they can become more engaged. And so remember though, this is last. And so what happens and the mistake I see is that managers are too quick to fix it. And because they're too quick to fix it, the employee doesn't feel like he or she has been heard. And so in this particular case, Alex will want to work through this whole empathy process and make sure that the solve piece of it comes last so that Jamie feels like he's been heard, that Alex understands where he's coming from. And then together, they can have a conversation about how to fix the challenges that's keeping Jamie from being engaged and hopefully can deal with it and move forward in a more healthy way. And so this example right here, it's a great example of where empathetic negotiation can be the key to your success. Thanks, Alex, for that great question. I think it's reflective of questions that a lot of managers have. And I want to encourage all of you to submit your questions. If you have a question about negotiation that I can address right here on the Negotiation Made Simple podcast, please send it to admin at lowrygroup.net. Admin at Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y, group.net. Hey there, I just wanted to remind you to pre-order Negotiation Made Simple. It comes out October 31st. We have some great pre-order bonuses that are available to you. If you will order now, go to wherever you buy books and it should be available there. To get access to your bonuses, go to lowrygroup.net forward slash book. And there you will receive four bonuses that are worth about 10 times more than this book that will help you in your negotiation preparation and help you get ready to deliver an outstanding negotiation outcome on your next deal. Thank you for listening to Negotiation Made Simple. As we reflect back on this episode, remember empathy and negotiation go hand in hand because both involve people and we will never get away from having to deal with people. And so those four ideas, observe, understand, respect, and solve, it's a roadmap for how to deal with people in your life, how to put together great deals with those people, how to develop outstanding teams with people, and to help your business grow through empowering great people.